Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard, a little bit later than I expected to be, so we won't go quite as long today, because, you know, while I, you guys think that uh, I live some life of leisure, I still got to go pick up the kid here in a little bit, so a little bit later, but uh, I'll make it up to you later in the week, but uh, big show today, a lot going on in the world of college football, got a great top 10 list r- suggested by a family member of mine. And I love people that come up with interesting topics. A lot of people say, Steve, hey, listen, give me your favorite of this band or whatever. I love those, but I've had some that I've had to really put some thought into. Uh, I have somebody recently reach out. I'm going to probably work on this for later in the week. You know, opening riffs of songs. What are the best, the top ten opening riffs of songs? I've probably got half a dozen already, but I want to be sure about that. And then uh, somebody else said, this one I'm still working on. What are your most inspirational songs? That is difficult for me. I'll be honest with you, that is very difficult for me because I have so many, and I'm so afraid that I will uh, leave an important one out. But uh, I'm thinking about that. But today is going to be uh, it's going to be an 80s rock thing. It is. It's right in the wheelhouse. And then we'll cycle back around, and we'll do uh, female R&B singers here pretty soon. So uh, if you have suggestions for the top ten list, reach out let me know. I have people that tell me all the time, hey, Steve, love the top ten list. And then occasionally I get somebody that says, Hey, I don't really like the top 10 list. And you know what? That's fine. That's okay. You can start your show, and uh, and you can do your own stuff. And that's cool. I, I'm not threatened by other podcast. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Coke doesn't advertise for Pepsi. Coke doesn't worry about what RC has going on. Coke doesn't go to bed at night and think, man, wonder what Chet Cola is doing while I'm resting. So be that as it may, that's where we are, and I mean all that in the nicest way possible, not to be too full of myself, but uh, listen, it's my show, and I enjoy doing it, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show, man. Listen, had Bulldog Burger last week and had some friends of mine that went for the first time and reached out and said, you know what, we're definitely going to be back. We're definitely going to be back. Now I get why you partner with Bulldog Burger Company. Listen, I've got several restaurants in the Starville area that have reached out to me and said, hey, Steve, listen. If this thing of Bulldog Burger ever ends, we'd love to be able to jump in there with you. I've kind of got this kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of like a uh, proximity clause in my advertising agreements. So, like, if I advertise for one restaurant, I'm not going to advertise for another, uh, especially when I do local ads. Same thing with uh, Campus Bookmart. You know, I've got other people that said, hey, Steve, we'd love to do it. And so I've had people reach out and they say, listen, this doesn't work out. We'd love to be able to get in that spot. And the reason that is is because of you guys. Because you guys are going out and frequenting Bulldog Burger Company and you're letting them know, hey, 
Thanks for listening, for sponsoring the Boneyard. I listened to the show and heard Steve Robertson brag about you guys so many times about how wonderful you guys are. And so we came to check it out. And so these friends of mine went, and it's so crazy because they're not they're they're from right there outside of Tupelo, and uh, finally went and said, "Now I see what all the fuss is about. You owe it to yourself to go have a night out, a great family meal, give mom a night off." Take her to Bulldog Burger Company. You know what? She can even have a glass of wine, you know, if you're okay with that happening in front of the kids. If you want to go for a date night, you can do that too. You can get a, uh, a chocolate shake to go. Listen, Bulldog Burger Company is pretty much a one-stop shop for you. You get a great restaurant-quality hamburger, or you can get a very substantial salad that feels like a full meal in and of itself. So go by, check them out. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. So let's dive right into this Big Ten thing because uh, I want to say I told you so, but I'm not going to do that. There's enough of that in the world already. The Big Ten looks like complete idiots today. They absolutely do. Now, they look like idiots for doing, I think, probably the prudent thing, which is playing football. I think when you see what's happened around the country and you see that college football has not been a big spreader of the virus, you begin to kind of rethink your position. Now, you've had some issues with Memphis and Arkansas State. Listen, it's not going to be perfect. There are going to be some isolated cases. But by and large, you know, listen, we've had uh, – I talked to, uh, talk to Chad Bumpus yesterday, as a matter of fact, at Austin P. You know, those guys are out there. Listen, they're kind of in a great situation. You know, Chad didn't say this, but I thought about this when I was speaking to Hind Dog later. Yeah, it's one of those deals where, you know, Austin P is one of the only FCS schools playing. And so they went and played Pitt. They're getting ready to play Cincinnati. Listen, they're playing a lot of games for pay. And how smart of them to do so. But you know what? They're playing, and then, you know, people are not bursting into flames. It's great. The ground is not opening up and swallowing the participants whole. And so I think the Big Ten, in many respects, was kind of pressured into this decision, not because of science i think because of good common sense here i think it's one of those things people say well steve i believe the science and that's become such an irritating phrase i am so sick and tired of hearing it it's just kind of like flattening the curve you know or through due to an abundance of caution it's become such a trigger word for people to use and this phrase to use to justify their position well i trust the science well you know maybe maybe you and a scientist are complete idiots i don't know i don't know the science i do know this I do know that when we have done the things that we are asked to do, that uh, we have seen a decline. And uh, when you look at what Mississippi has done, and I don't know why this is not national news. Well, I guess part of it's because it's good news. But the state of Mississippi's done a good job. There were many times that we were getting criticized, and you know, in the beginning, when everybody say we're going to play football, and people are like, oh, well, look at Mississippi and look at Alabama and look at this. And listen, Alabama's having their own struggles. I can only focus on what's happening in our community. I have seen the tweets. I have seen the Facebook messages from hospitals around the state of Mississippi that uh, have had some stretches where they've had no COVID patients. And so we're beginning to see a lot of testing, but not a lot of cases. That's what's incredible to me. The percentage is dropping way down. I don't know if it's a herd immunity thing or not. Again, I'm not a scientist. I won't pretend to be on the Internet or on the show. But I think the Big Ten, when faced with a situation, said, you know what, we're going to look like complete clowns if we don't play football this year. And so they're going to play an abbreviated schedule. They're going to start in October, and then they're going to be, you know, kind of getting things together. So now there'll be some football. And you know what? Good for those kids and good for those coaches because a lot of those people did not get a vote or a say in any of that. And they basically went public and kind of broke ranks with the league and said, you know, we want to play. 
we want to play. My friend Tom Mars was very involved in all of that and basically uh, kind of stirred the pot a little bit to kind of get conversation going again. You may recall that the Big Ten came out and said, we're not going to address this matter again. We're not going to discuss it again. We're not going to come out in the fall, but yet here we are. And so while it would be really easy to cast aspersions here and, and point fingers and that sort of stuff, the bottom line is they're going to play. And it's good for the country. Now, the Pac-12 situation is much different. To me, they look even dumber than the Big Ten because they made their own their decision to basically be the lab dog of the Big Ten, which has kind of been the case forever. And now, because of the restrictions around their state and those, those dreadful fires out there, they're in a position where it's almost impossible to reopen and play football. And so now we're going to basically play without the Pac-12. But if we're being fair with ourselves, hadn't the FBS playoff been playing without – uh, the Pac-12 for a long time now. I mean, let, I mean, let's be real, you know. And so, uh, again, you hate it for those kids and you hate it for those coaches. There's a lot of people involved in all this that uh, it's more than just a check to them. It's more than just a scholarship. It's the love of the game. And so I think it's important to kind of understand that uh, there are some people sometimes that make decisions about athletics that aren't really involved in athletics. And that was one of the discussions that I had early on with uh, some people at Mississippi State. It's like, you know, who, who at any point has taken a, a, a moment and addressed the student-athletes and say, hey, what do you guys want to do? It's like all these people are making these decisions for adults, mind you, because they're adults. They can go register for the military and go serve and fight for our freedom tomorrow, and we would consider them soldiers and uh, servicemen and women, but uh, they weren't able to make those decisions for themselves. And so I think, you know, we talk about – empowering student athletes that's why i think what the big 12 the acc and the sec did was the right decision because they gave student athletes the choice either you can play or you can opt out and if you opt out your scholarship still paid for you still have an opportunity to come back next year really no questions asked but the big 10 the pac-12 says no we're going to decide on behalf of the students of the kids because we're the adults and then you find out later that some of the data that they used to justify their decision was, uh, was faulty. And so I think that's rather interesting. So, again, I commend the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC for kind of holding the row there because the pressure on the leagues was incredibly, incredibly intense because you had everybody in the national media. And, uh, you know, Ross Dellinger's a bulldog. I like Ross. I consider Ross a friend. You know, Ross came out and called him the stubborn six. I'm a big fan of alliteration, too, but I thought that was a little bit over the top. So now, now we have the stubborn seven. You know, so it's like that's what's kind of happened with this national media thing. As many of these uh, national media people had the hot takes early. I'm not being critical of Ross Dellinger. I mean, Ross is a grown man. He stand up on his own two feet. I, I like Ross a lot. I disagree with some of his reporting on this. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Ross does a good job. And matter of fact, he was kind of ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff with the SEC. But there are some other people, you know, Dan Walkins, one, and, and uh, you know, I consider Pete Thamel a friend too. But, you know, some of their reporting, and I use that with Dr. Evil quotes, reporting, became editorializing. It became their own opinion. Everything became an op-ed piece rather than reporting the news. Uh, Pete less than some others. But, uh, you know, my point being in all that is when you get out there on that limb by yourself, and then next thing you know, you have another one of these hoot owls get out there next to you. All of a sudden, you feel like you've got strength in numbers. You better make sure that your information's correct. And in a situation like this, you say, well, they reported what they knew at the time. Yeah, it's one thing to report it. It's another thing to start calling 
the people that want to play football to stubborn six. I don't understand that. You know, so it's like if you're just reporting the news, why is your opinion important? It doesn't matter. Your opinion is irrelevant when it comes to that. If they want to make a decision to play, it's their decision to play. And we talk so much about giving student-athletes the right to choose. Well, you know, we've given them the right to choose. They chose to play. Mississippi State's had three players opt out, one of which has already transferred. Tory Dixon was in the transfer portal. And then uh, Javaris Selman, who has a family member in ICU dealing with COVID. And he felt, you know what, it's in my best interest, in the interest of my best family, of my family, to opt out this year. And you know what, nobody should begrudge him of that. Nobody. I mean, most of us would do the same. If we had a loved one, somebody especially within our own household, in the hospital with ICU, how could you focus on football? You know, my heart and my head would be with my loved ones. And so he made a decision. I think it was a very mature decision. And it's unfortunate for Mississippi State that all three players that have opted out come from the same position group at corner, which is a position of need. But, you know, Tyler Williams went through something similar. Tyler Williams had some personal things to deal with, and they are personal things, and they are his personal business. And so he likes to opt out. He's going to graduate in December. I don't expect him back. And I wish him the absolute best of whatever he does when he's done here. He will be a Mississippi State alum. He will be a Mississippi State football alum. And uh, listen, everybody's going to make their own decisions. But that's the thing. That's the beauty in the whole thing is that these guys were able to make their own decisions rather than the adults in the room just kind of saying, hey, we need to protect these guys. What do you do when the people that you want to protect don't want your protection? You know, we want to play. We saw it with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. They kind of led a, you know, a, a movement around the country. And I really think that was a big part of kind of giving the ACC and those guys some cover because that was the big narrative. It's all about player safety. But then when the players come out and say, hey, this is what we want to do. We want to go play football. I think it puts those people in the decision-making process kind of in a corner because the whole justification they use is, hey, we're really protecting these kids and then the kids come out and say, you know what, we're willing to take a chance. It's, uh, it's my life. It's my body. It's my health. I want to go play. And I think that was the turning point in all of this. Not the seven-day rolling average. Not some study from Oxford across the pond there. The bottom line is the students got together, banded together, and stood up and said, you know what, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. Don't take our ability to choose away from us. So it's a big day for college football. I, I would have been just fine playing college football without the Big Ten. That would have been perfectly fine with me because it's also silly to come out and they announce their schedule and they're trying to get ahead of the game. And as I tweeted out earlier, the Big Ten thought they were uh, a little bit bigger than they really are. They got a little big for their britches, and pardon the puns, but they thought, you know what, we're going to just call a power play here. We think it's best that nobody plays, so we're going to go ahead and cancel. And the Pac-12 is going to come with us, and with two of the top five power conferences canceling football, everybody else will go along. Well, that's not what happened. And so the Big Ten comes out and tries to pull a power play and finds out that they're running nothing but their mouth. College football went on without them. Conference USA went on without them. The ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are prepared to go on without them. And so now all of a sudden around the country, everybody's like, man, isn't it great to have college football back? Isn't it great to have pro football back? And all the Big Ten fans are sitting around here and say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They're going to play? We look even dumber 
It'd be one thing if the SEC and the ACC tried to play and couldn't play. Then you could say, you know what, we made the right decision. We didn't go out there and put anybody in harm's way. We made the right call. But when everybody else is out there playing and being able to kind of put this thing together and then keep players safe, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? We can't go play football in the spring, which I know that was cute when they first brought the, broached the subject. But the bottom line is you can't do that. You can't go play football and then turn around in the spring and turn around and play again in, in August. So when, I mean, when do you give the guys some time off? You don't. And so, again, Big Ten's doing the right thing. I'm going to give them credit for doing the right thing. I'm not going to give them credit for anything else they've done to this point because they have been an incredible distraction. They have been an incredible fly in the ointment. They have caused so much trouble. They have leaked information to national media people that has proven to be incorrect. They have gone out there and used their willing partners in the media to try to set the edge on a narrative that proved to be false. And so my hope is that uh, whoever the Big Ten finally sends to the playoff this year, which I suspect it will be Ohio State, I don't care who they're playing against, unless it's maybe it's Ole Miss, but you and I both know they're not going to make the playoffs, right? (laughs) But I hope whoever the Big Ten sends gets absolutely trounced. And I don't mean 31-17. I'm thinking 58 nothing. I mean, I want to see whoever it is, whether it be Alabama, whether it be Clemson, I want whoever plays the Big Ten representative to win going away. I want them to set records. I want it to be such a lopsided score that it is the front page of the paper, not the sports section, but the front page of the paper. I want people to look back in hindsight one day and go, wow, can you believe that? Man, that's great. And I think everybody in college football probably will be rooting for that. And not because we're upset with those kids. But because we're upset with the Big Ten, I don't think the Big Ten should ha- should have the right to play for a national championship this year. When you look at the damage they have done to the game, the damage they've done to the country, the damage they've done to sports media, they shouldn't. If they could all lose, that'd be fine too. I don't want anybody in the Big Ten outside of the players and some coaches to have any fun this fall. I don't, and that's just me being blunt and honest with you. And and I, listen. I know there are leaders involved in everything. There's tough decisions to be made, and we don't always have the, uh, you know, the liberty to understand the information that they have. But the bottom line is this. They made a poor decision, and then they went home and then stared out the window and basically accused everybody else of being irresponsible. And now here you are joining the ranks of the irresponsible. So bully for you, Big Ten. All right, my bookie is going to bring you uh, the top ten list today. Top 10 list, of course, brought to you by my bookie. And uh, it's one of those things, too. My bookie's been with me pretty much for years now. It's like they they, they come in, they come back, and, and every time we have some stuff going on, uh, they come back and join the ranks of, uh, of the Boneyard advertisers. And so really happy to have them back. If you are one of those fans that likes to have some skin in the game, then my bookie is absolutely the place for you. Go visit them now and use promo code Boneyard when you sign up, and they'll give you a 100% deposit match up to 1000 bucks. So if you deposit $100, they are going to give you 200 to play with. Pretty simple. And what's better than free money? It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing for you. It's winning season time. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. It means free bets, super contests, survivor, and much, much more. At my bookie, winning season is all about you and your chance to win big. You can bet the NBA playoffs. We're in the conference finals now. NHL playoffs. We're about to have the Stanley Cup. Go Stars, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is finally here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your own intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with my bookie's live betting option. 
put those smarts of yours to work for yourself and use promo code Boneyard to double that first deposit. New players get up to a thousand bucks in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross sport wagers, props, and parlays await you. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. All right, top 10 list comes to you from suggested by Ani Robertson. He is uh, the heir to the throne, my, uh, my eldest. And so Ani was raised on the radio, man. It's, uh, he's named after one of my favorite singers. I actually have mispronounced it for years. His, the real guy's name is Oni Logan. He was the, uh, is the lead singer for Lynch Mob. That's George Lynch's side project away from Dokken. And uh, wrote a song that was very important to me in my life when I first began my road to recovery. And so named Ani after him. So his name is Ani Logan Robertson, which is a cool name. And uh, so Ani says, hey, why don't you give me top 10 power ballad bands? And so they're not going to have a lot of songs today. I'll, I'll reference a couple. But uh, which bands wrote the best power ballads? I think it's an interesting topic. And so I'm going to share with you what my thoughts on it. So there is no poison on this. Okay, I'm not a big poison fan. Every Rose Has Its Thorn is an iconic song. Um, something to believe in. One of my favorite songs of all time. But I just couldn't bring myself to put poison in top 10. I think it's a pretty loaded top 10. A band worthy of mention, even though they didn't have a big catalog due to a, to a major injury, but it's still hard. If you remember the song I'll Never Let You Go, one of the best vocal performances of the 1980s, perhaps, of that century. Go back and listen to that if you hadn't. I'll Never Let You Go. You have angel eyes. You'll know the tune. Go check it out. Still hard. And then no REO Speedwagon for me, but I do give them a mention because a lot of their biggest hits are ballads. I just has never been a big Speedwagon fan. I just... I never, to me, they're not the big rock band that some people make them out to be. I th- they're kind of more adult contemporary for me. All right, so here we go. My top 10 list. Number 10 for me, and I could have gone a little higher, but it's Toto. Love Toto. And if, for those of you, all you know is Africa. I get it. You need to get a little deeper into the catalog. I'm encouraged you. Go, uh, go listen. I won't hold you back now. Great tune. And uh, I'll be over you. Man, what a great, great love song that is. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of those two. I think you listen to it long enough. You'll remember somebody you let get away or somebody you ran away and you think, man, you know, I kind of blew it. Number nine for me is Aerosmith. One of my favorite bands of all time, kind of underappreciated as, uh, as ballad writers. You go back and listen to Angel or I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, there's so many great songs in that catalog. They do a great job all the way through. There aren't any bad Aerosmith songs, just some that are underappreciated. Number eight for me, Def Leppard. Love Bites was an incredible hit for them. It really drew a lot of fans in. There were a lot of people that were kind of Def Leppard at arm's length fans, and then when Love Bites hit, and that became such a huge MTV hit, that whole Hysteria album was incredible for them. But uh, Def Leppard, right there, number eight for me. Number seven, and the only reason I ranked them lower is because I like the up-tempo stuff better, but it's Bon Jovi. Uh, I'll Be There For You, Silent Night, so many others. You know, Wanted Dead or Alive, I don't really consider that a power ballad. I think, I think power ballads have to kind of be about relationships and love and that sort of stuff. Uh, Better Roses, you know, John's a great songwriter, and uh, I'm a big Bon Jovi fan. I actually have a slippery one wet tattoo. Um, you can do what you want to, but uh, I like Bon Jovi. I, I went and saw Bon Jovi and Cinderella at Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum February 13th, 1987. 
one of the greatest shows I ever went to in my life. It was incredible. That was when Bon Jovi was the peak of their career and Cinderella was just getting going and we were so fired up to see them. Got right up there on the front row, right in the middle of Cinderella. Got uh, Eric Brittingham to shake my hand right before he left. And that was a big deal for a teenage kid. All right, so uh, Bon Jovi, number seven. Number six, Winger. Winger, that's right, Winger. Winger. This is not to be with some butthead show, even though some confuse it to be, right? We like Winger on this show. Whether we'll we miles away or headed for a heartbreak, you know, probably a sneaky great song that nobody ever talks about is One Condition. Great song, and that's when Kip Winger was dating Rachel Hunter before she uh, married Rod Stewart. But uh, great tune. I thought, you know, listen, Red Beach is probably the most underappreciated guitarist of the 80s, not named Mick Mars. Reb does Winger and Whitesnake now, and I uh, saw him with Whitesnake a couple years ago down in Biloxi. It was incredible. Number five for me, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say this, I have every album. There are, I guess, seven or eight studio albums. I have all of them, even the ones that you've never heard of, and that's a band called Firehouse. I have a, I have a Firehouse tattoo as well from the very first album. Firehouse, Love of a Lifetime, When I Look Into Your Eyes, so many great tunes. Listen, if you were... If you were a rocker guy in the 80s and you took a girl out on a date and you put on some Firehouse and she didn't at least hold your hand or something, it was time to bring her home because Firehouse was the was it, man. Firehouse was made it happen. Great band, underappreciated for a lot of the rest of the catalog. My honest opinion, I love the Hold Your Fire album, um, but I think Firehouse 3 might be the best one. And I, most of you only know that first album, right? The one with the Don't Treat Me Bad on it, which is a great song. At some point, we've all felt that way. Number four, I love the rockin' stuff more, but I would be remiss if I did not pay homage to Sebastian Bach, and I actually have a Skid Row tattoo as well, kind of my tribute to Sebastian Bach's Youth Gone Wild tattoo. I've got a flaming Chuck Taylor um, in tribute to Sebastian. But uh, some of my favorite songs from that era, whether it be Wasted Time or I Remember You or In a Darkened Room. In a Darkened Room was one of those songs, even today. That was one of those songs I was listening to regularly towards the end of my drug use. And so I remember how much I hurt during that time. And so when I put that song on, because I was absolutely heartbroken, I was absolutely a mess, I can put that song on and it kind of transports me back a little bit. And sometimes I don't want to listen to that. But uh, when I do hear it, the emotion in that song gets to me. So In a Darkened Room probably... Probably my favorite Skid Row ballad, but does. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get... A three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having the outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. 
Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Skid Row, incredible. Listen to Skid Row on 11. Number three, kind of a classic rock band, Journey. Journey, whether it be Faithfully or Open Arms, man, there's so many great tunes. Steve Perry, which is an incredible singer. It's a shame what's happened to him and later in his career. He's had so many throat issues and had cancer and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, man, what great memories that Steve Perry brought us in the early and mid, mid to late 80s. One of America's finest rock vocalists of all time. All right, so now we get down to the last two. And you're thinking, okay, well, he's already mentioned Bon Jovi and he's already mentioned Winger. It's got to be Motley Crue. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Motley Crue only really had the one big ballad. That was Home Sweet Home. So they didn't make the list. I know Without You was pretty good too. And I'm not a big fan of that song. But uh, So no Motley in the top ten today. You think you know me, but you don't. Number two, Warrant. They opened for Motley Crue. We were all there together in Jackson. We watched it together. We got to hear Jenny Lane sing Uncle Tom's Cabin live for the first time. We were the first people in the world to hear that song live. How incredible that was. We had such a great time together. But Warren opened for Motley on the Dr. Feelgood tour, and it was great. And then like six months later, Warren came back with Trickster and Firehouse on a Cherry Pie tour, and we all packed into the Mississippi Coliseum again and watched it again. It was great. But whether it be Heaven or I Saw Red, there's so many great ballads. And, uh, man, God bless the soul of Janie Lane, man. He died a lonely man in, in a hotel room. It's, it's almost like the cliche of something to believe in. Died of an alcohol overdose in a Best Western somewhere, and he certainly deserved better. Number one, and I agree with my oldest son, the best ballads, the best ballads of the 1980s were written by Cinderella. Tom Kiefer, one of the best songwriters. His solo album uh, on Solid Ground is great. You can go check that out. But, man, I tell you what, when you go back and you listen to Nobody's Fool or Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone or even Last Mile or Coming Home, uh, they're all great. But uh, one of, I would say, I'm a bit, I'm a sucker for sad love songs, man. And I would say, you know, I, there are probably three that stick with me that I think are probably the, the saddest love songs of all time. 
Number one and that, on that list would be My Immortal from Evanescence. I think that is without a doubt the saddest love song in the history of the world. Uh, number two would be Watch Over You by Alter Bridge. But number three is Heartbreak Station. And I have a Heartbreak Station tattoo. Uh, and I had a chance to meet Tom Kiefer a couple years ago at Rocklahoma. I had a chance to talk with him a little bit, get a picture made, and show him my Heartbreak Station tattoo. And uh, it was everything that I hoped that it would be. Got a chance to meet a lot of guys in his band. They're so down to earth. He is such an incredible songwriter. But Heartbreak Station, man, that's just one of those ones. At some point, we've all been there. And uh, there's, not, there's nothing more authentic than the lover's lament. And uh, I think Tom Kiefer and Cinderella captured that perhaps better than anybody. So that's my list. You can have your own list. Your list, of course, would be wrong. But if you have ideas for a top ten list, reach out, let me know. Send me a message on social media. And uh, many of you do, and some of you guys send stuff into me, and uh, I just can't do it justice. But there are some that they're in. There's like a packing order. You know, I kind of have a list of what I want to do, and so when I get to them, I'll get to them. And so don't think I've forgotten about you. But uh, there's some people that have said, "Hey, Steve, can you do, you know, Molly Cyrus or whatever?" No, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't do that. You know, I can't. I can't do that. I'm not going to give you my favorite Backstreet Boy songs or anything like that. Even though in another, another life, I probably was a Backstreet Boy. Probably should have been a Backstreet Boy instead of doing all this. I could have done it. I don't know if I got a song good enough, but I can dance better than all those guys anyway. So there we go. All right, remind you too, DraftKings is back with the show. And, uh, man, how great was it last week to be able to watch NFL football? The folks at DraftKings want to make it even more interesting for you. So just like last week, they're giving you an opportunity to win and win big. There's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings. You need to go download that DraftKings app today. They are the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store right now because you don't, have, you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now, and you'll feel anxiety about games like never before. You'll be a fan of every team and every game that you've got a player playing on because they can win you some cash. Every run, pass, and catch means even more with DraftKings. It's simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against a competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game than having some skin in the game and having a shot at millions in prize money. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012. Say no a thing about cold, hard cash. Again, download the DraftKings app right now. Use promo code BONEYARD. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of bucks in prizes this week. Don't miss out. Enter Boneyard as your promo code and get a free shot at millions in prize money. You got to make a deposit, and the minimum deposit is five bucks, just five bucks. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See DraftKings.com for further details. All right, so let's get into a couple other things before we get out of here. We got to talk a little bit about recruiting. So there's a lot of chatter again about MJ Daniels. You know, we talked about him last week. You know, last week, I guess it was Wednesday, he came out and said he's going to announce his decision on Friday. I told everybody then, even if he announced for somebody on Friday, his recruitment would not be over and there would still be other twists and turns. Well, he comes out later and says, hey, I've got talking to family. I'm going to wait and do it in December. And you know what? That was the plan for a while. And then he comes back after speaking to Paul Jones of 247 Sports and tells Paul, hey, I might do it in a couple weeks. Well, last week his final two were Arkansas and Mississippi State. Well, now he's saying Mississippi State, A&M, Ole Miss are his final three. No firm timeline for decision. Just says, you know what, we'll try to get it done here in a couple weeks. Now, no matter when and where he commits in the coming weeks, 
it's not over. This is a kid that is going to take visits. This is a kid that's going to continue to be recruited at a high level. I don't know that he's done adding offers. But he's got a handful of SEC West options. There's a lot of pressure on him. And listen, he spent some time. He spent two weekends of the last four uh, up here in Starkville with his cousin, Dylan Lawrence. He has a good friend, McKinley Jackson, at A&M. And then there are some people, obviously, that would love to see him go to Ole Miss. And so there's a good chance that he'll visit all three schools, even if he commits somewhere. So it's one of those deals, too. It's like, do you begin to get some recruiting fatigue if you're one of these schools? I don't think so. I think you wait him out. I think he's a good enough player. He's certainly not going to pull up stakes in September. It would be one thing if it was November. And he said, you know what, we can't afford to, you know, to, to miss out on our number two or number three guy. So we're going to have to kind of pull up stakes and move forward. I like where Mississippi State stands with him right now, and I shared that on a jeanspage.com true maroon message board uh, a couple days ago. We had, we had our, our general chat session last night, and I shared that. I think State is in a better position with MJ Daniels right now than we ever have been. Now, I've had some people that have told me throughout the process, hey, he's probably going to flip to Mississippi State. But this feels a lot less like a fire drill and more like the real deal. Now, if he commits, can State hold on to him? That's kind of the million-dollar question. That's one thing Urban Meyer said years ago when he was at the University of Florida is he goes, hey, when I see a kid's committed, that just tells me who I have to beat. That just tells me who I have to out-recruit. You know, nobody is respect. It's not like college baseball. You know, when, when a guy announces his college baseball commitment, everybody kind of backs off and moves on. In football, you know, all's fair in love and war. You know, you just kind of stay after them until they just tell you they don't want to be recruited anymore. And there's so much power in the word no. A lot of people don't fully appreciate that. There are a lot of people out there that don't understand if a kid doesn't want to be recruited, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be recruited. And that's one of the reasons is people were, you know, such, you know, you know, I guess advocates for an early signing period. I, I don't know that a December signing period is very effective. Uh, what I mean by that is, is because most of January gets dead anyway. And so you're really kind of only eliminating a couple of weeks of recruiting. I think if we're going to have a meaningful early signing period, let's do it in September. Let's do it September 1st. Go ahead and get it over with so kids can have their senior seasons. And, uh, and then not to mention schools will understand, hey, I don't need to waste my time recruiting this kid because he signed with Mississippi State. And then that allows some other kids to have opportunities. I think, it get, I think when, those, when the talent pool gets a little thinner, shall we say, then I think those kids kind of benefit from the fact that they're not competing against kids anymore for offers that have already signed. I think that's a meaningful signing period. I don't know that there's enough wrong with the current model you know, for us to kind of revamp the entire recruiting ca- calendar. But if we're going to have an early signing period, let's do it where it actually matters and there's some benefit to the kid. Now, the, the flip side of that, too, is, is you're going to have some people out there that are going to be, you know, like Southern Miss, you know, they might play poker with a kid and say, hey, if you don't sign in September, we're going to pull you off and go somewhere else. And so then the kid thinks, okay, well, i got to make sure I got this. Whereas right now, if he doesn't have to sign to December, let's say he could play his way into an opportunity at Mississippi State or Ole Miss. And so I think about having those guys sign too early, you kind of negate the purpose of the senior year. And lost in all this sometimes, too, is what, you know, what, what does it do for the high schools? What does it do for the high school programs? You know, would they have kids that would have senioritis that would say, you know what, uh, I've already signed to go play at this big school. I don't have to play hard this year. I'm playing not to get hurt. That's always a possibility. There are other kids that will say, you know what, I'm so glad this recruiting process is behind me. Now I can go chase the state championship without all the distraction of having 15 coaches DM me every day. So there's, you know, there's going to be a cross-section of that no matter what you do. But uh, according to sources, the National Letter of Intent people have decided that there will be 
a December signing period this year. A lot of discussion about that early on. That you know, the, the talk was, and I, I was, a, I was an advocate for them abolishing December signing period this year. Again, I already don't like it. But the second thing is, is you're going to ask these kids to make decisions with less information than at any point ever. And so, and we know that uh, the dead period is supposed to be extended through October 31st, and I suspect they'll just continue to kick the can down the road and get all the way through December. And so you're going to ask these kids to, to sign a national letter of intent to ex- make a huge decision, the first adult decision in their lives, without ever visiting the campus in some cases. Uh, and so I don't know what's wrong with saying, you know what, hey, guys, this year we're going to go ahead and bypass the December signing period for high school players. I mean, you've got mid-year JUCO guys. They have to sign. But uh, let's wait. And, again, I know we're the adults in the room. We're trying to make decisions for the kids. But I think with a decision like this, with a December signing period, there's going to be a lot of pressure for kids to sign early, whether they, they have the information they need to make a decision or not. And I said on the show many times, I believe that is going to lead to a lot of transfers down the road. I think the transfer portal here in the next two years is going to be filled with kids that rush the process. You know, it's one of those things, too, I don't think people fully appreciate. We have some of our guys, and I'll go back. Let's talk about LaMichael James a little bit. Okay, you guys remember L. Mike. You know, Mississippi State was a finalist with him in Oregon, and he went to Oregon and, and was one of the best players in the Pac-12. LaMichael James, and he won't mind me sharing this with you because he is a success story. I am a huge LaMichael James fan. I, am a, I've, I have been rooting for him since the very first time that I talked to him on telephone uh, when he was a high school senior. LaMichael James lived – basically by himself in his grandmother's house with no power. Basically kind of raised himself. He had a sister that was very close to him. Uh, she made sure he ate and that sort of stuff. But Michael James did not have much in the way of a support system around him. He had some friends. He had some coaches that loved him. But the family unit itself was kind of fragmented for El Mike. And so when he got ready to when he got ready to sign, you know, Mississippi State was very much in the mix. So we got him and his sister both here on the visit, and thought we had a chance. And on signing day, he stuck with Oregon. But he told me he wanted to get as far away from home as he possibly could. He just wanted to get away from all of the nonsense that he had to deal with. He wanted to put that behind him, not the people in his life that he cared about, but he just wanted to kind of leave a lot of that in the rearview mirror. And he goes up to Oregon and has a tremendous career. And uh, I'm, I've been a huge fan ever since. And there are a lot of other guys that have those same experiences. You know, there's not a lot for me here. And you saw some of that on social media when people were talking about canceling the season. It's like, man, if I go home, I might get shot. There's nothing for me to go back to. This is the only family that I have. And it reminds me, and I interviewed Sleepy Robinson for Alpha Dogs. And uh, there have been very few interviews in my life that have brought me to tears, but Sleepy Robinson did. I did not know how bad Sleepy Robinson's life was when he lived in Jackson before he became a Mississippi State Bulldog. I had no clue. Alfred Williams, Mississippi State quarterback, also from Wingfield High School, was kind of his idol growing up. And Alfred Williams was very instrumental in Sleepy Robinson not only playing college football but surviving the streets of Jackson. Sleepy told me he had never had Christmas until he came to Mississippi State. Never knew what it was like to have Christmas. He never knew 
what it was like to really have a family until he came to Mississippi State and joined ours. And as Sleepy talked, tears were welling up in my eyes. And then Sleepy says, he hit me with the kill shot. He goes, man, Mississippi State saved my life. I get chills just saying that, repeating his words to you, because that's how emergent that situation was. His mom was gone. His dad was on drugs. He was one kid in a big family just kind of raising himself. And thankfully, he had some coaches at Wingfield High School that saw some potential in him, not just as a player, but as a young man. They invested their time in him and ultimately turned him into an SEC student athlete. And it's incredible to think about how beloved Sleepy Robinson is to our fan base. But you go look at the numbers, Sleepy only played in a handful of games. He did. But Sleepy Robinson is true maroon as they come. And so there are a lot of these young men out there that they're going to make these decisions and say, you know what, I want to get as far away from what I know because I need something better. There are going to be others that say, you know what, I want to be close to home because I want to share in the experience with friends and family. But how many of those kids are going to sign with some school across the country just to have something and then get up there and realize, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, there, I remember, I won't mention the kid's name because I don't want to embarrass them in the family or if you may know him. There was, there was a kid I covered a few years ago, several years ago now. And he uh, elected to go to University of Miami. And uh, it was just him and his mom and uh, very, very, very impoverished family. And I remember thinking then, this kid might as well be going to Alaska because she'll never see him. He won't have the money to come home for Christmas. He won't have the money to get back and forth. This is back before they, you know, they, they changed the, uh, you know, the, the full cost of attendance scholarships. You know, I'm sure there was always some opportunity funds if he needed to get back. But, you know, there are so many of those young people out there that they're going to be forced to make decisions and say, you know what, I don't have a lot of good options close to home, but I want to play in the Power Five, so let me go ahead and sign with this school. And they might as well be going to war. They might as well be going to prison. Because your family's never going to see them. And that, that sounds a little bit over the top, but that's the reality of it. I mean, there's, some, there's so many of these young people that are going to make a bad decision because they're so desperate to play college football. And that's what worries me about the decision to push ahead with the December signing period without giving these kids the benefit of taking a visit. There are a lot of kids that get caught up in the bright lights of it all. They do. And uh, sometimes they need some adults to kind of help them kind of figure this thing out. And my hope is that something will change sooner rather than later. Remind you, our good friends at Campus Bookmart, always here to serve you. Always a good decision. Stan and Ma'am, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, the lovely, talented Susie, everybody. We'll treat you like family because you are family. You go by there, you, you get on our family colors, you get the maroon and white, you take care of yourself, you outfit the entire family, you get ready for game day whether you're attending or not. Because you're going to be having those game day parties at your house or you're going to be attending other people's cookouts and you need to let everybody know where you stand. We're Bulldogs. We're proud to be Bulldogs. And if we got to wear a dadgum mask, we're going to wear a Mississippi State mask too. You can find those also at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little cash. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. A little funny aside to that, I had somebody share with me recently. They were going to Campus Bookmart's website, and they were trying to remember the promo code. And he goes, oh, yeah, 
And he said, he heard my voice in his head and said, yeah, it's beautiful Steve Robertson. Your dadgum right it is. BSR, beautiful Steve Robertson. So I mentioned a little bit about the book earlier. Listen, guys, we're about, we're about 10 days or so from delivery. And so you can still pre-order, and let me encourage you to do so. Go to Alpha Dogs, the book. That's alpha, D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. If somehow you get tripped up, you go to Stark Villains, the book, and that'll, that'll get you there too. You go ahead and pre-order, and I'll personalize this however you want. Uh, I want to share with you a couple things too. We every day at uh, City's Countdowns and stuff, we do one. Robbie Falk does one for us and kind of keeps up with uh, you know how many days left of college football season. We had to had to, to to kind of get away from that for a little while, but uh, but be that as it may, you know I saw one recently about Harper Davis and uh, one of my Facebook friends has been counting it down and mentioned Coach Davis and uh, so it was such a great story being able to talk to Harper Davis. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure that he was still alive. And that's one of the things that's so unfortunate sometimes when you, you uncover these great stories and you want to get information from decades gone by, and there are not a lot of those bulldogs still around. I have such a tremendous respect for our silver-haired dogs. But I tracked Coach Davis down, uh, thanks to one of our jeanspage.com subscribers, and I uh, eventually had to get Brad Jones involved, former Bulldog first baseman Brad Jones, helped me track him down. Brad is Art Davis's grandson. Art and Harper were brothers. Our brothers, I guess. And uh, so get a hold of Coach Davis, and uh, he would have talked all day. We talked at length about Alan McKean. We talked at length about what it was like to play. And, of course, he was in the military then and uh, played for John Vaught at an at a, uh, Air Force base there in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. And so when we have the chance to talk to people that predate us, you know, we always talk about respecting our elders, and I'm a firm believer in that. But it is so fascinating to me to hear those that speak about Mississippi State with such reverence and with such respect. And that, that's who I am. And uh, I may be a little bit irreverent at times, but one of the things that matters most to me is Mississippi State. And so when I hear Coach Davis speak about playing for Alan McKean, and about playing on some great teams, and about meeting his wife at Mississippi State, and how uh, his wife's family, all of them married football people. I think they all married football coaches. And so this is not just about sports. This is real-life stuff. And I, I tend to think about you know, when my oldest son went off to college, and uh, you know he was at Oklahoma for a year and played baseball there, and uh, – while the season didn't go as the way we wanted it to be, we're grateful for the opportunity because he was able to, to move on from there and go to a four-year school and, and get a scholarship there. But it's one of those things that you begin to realize that, uh, you know, when your kids move off and they begin to develop their own circle of friends and they begin to meet other people, they, they begin to, you know, to, to date other people, you realize they're not coming home. They'll come home to visit. They'll have an opportunity to, uh, you know, to come by and, you know, come for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, but pretty soon you're splitting holidays with another family. And I think about that, you know, with Coach Davis, as he talked about while Mississippi, he said everything that he had in life kind of came from his decision to attend Mississippi State. Personally, professionally, you know, he was an incredible football player at Mississippi State, and then he coached forever and a day. You know, had a great experience with uh, – you know, with a great Mississippi State girl, raised a great family, spawned a bunch of great kids, 
and he was kind enough to share his experience with me. And I take such privilege with that because he doesn't owe that to me. But he was so grateful to talk, and half the time that we spoke, he's asking me questions. Well, how did you become a Bulldog? What made you become a Mississippi State guy? You know, where did your dad go to school? What did your dad do? And any time that we can connect the generations, I think is a great thing. And that's one of the things I've tried to do with these books. It's, it's, it means so much to me when I'm at Strange Brew or I'm around town or whatever, and some college kid comes up to me and says, hey, are you Steve Robertson? Not that that means a whole lot. Uh, I helped us. I hate to sound self-loathing, but uh, I was like, "Yeah, it's me." And then uh, some 19-year-old sorority girl will say, "Hey, I just read your book. I never knew all that about Mississippi State. I never knew all that." And it gives them a new sense of pride to understand what has kind of come before them. And so I got some a couple other things that we're working on, and I'll, I'll be able to announce it when we get some some paperwork signed and that sort of stuff. There's just a lot going on. I got a couple other book deals that we're kind of we're working through right now and uh there's some other things kind of going on with flim flam and, and again once we get some documents signed i'm going to share some stuff with you but uh there's some big things happening for the kid man and uh i'm excited not just for me but for all of us because mississippi state is the cool school and uh, i think it's long since past our time that we get our just due you know, for many, many years, Ole Miss controlled the in-state media. They, they, they no longer do. They no longer do. And you can tell they're suffering with that now. That they're run, that They've run out of water carriers. I think a lot of people kind of figured it out after the freeze thing that, you know what, propping these guys up is probably not good for business. But uh, we've reached the day in Mississippi where Mississippi State is beginning to get at least equal representation in the media and, in some cases, better representation in the media. I certainly think that we're much cooler. Our media people are certainly much cooler uh, than theirs. And I think after what's happened the last few years, I think it's pretty safe to say we've got more credibility. But this is a golden age in Mississippi State sports, and uh, I'm grateful to be here to cover it. And so, listen, I promised you guys that we would have a good show today. I think it has been, but I do got to get out of here. Got to go pick up the kid, man. Can't have that kid waiting. Because that's one thing I've learned about life is when, you know, when you're a kid – You've always got somebody telling you what to do, whether it be your teacher or your parents, your older siblings. There's always somebody telling you what to do. And so, and then someday, you know, you get married and then your spouse tells you what to do and then you have kids and then they tell you what to do. So it's like there's always somebody telling you what to do. So I don't want to get there and this kid be disappointed in me and say, hey, I had to sit out here and wait for you for 10 minutes. And so, uh, you know, I hate to make him wait. So listen, you guys have a great rest of the week. We'll be back on Friday. We'll have an expanded show to kind of make up for these few minutes that I missed with you guys. And thanks so much for supporting our sponsors. They allow me to bring you the show. And, man, I absolutely love being able to do it. Go visit us over at jeanspage.com. And, again, go order your books at alphadogstobook.com. Get your Stark Villains gear at starkvillains.com. I get that question every time I wear a Stark Villains shirt. Go to starkvillains.com. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.